Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. So, yes, we actually spoke to my friend Geraldine, uh, who is French herself. Uh, We met in Mexico in 2009. We were roomies. And uh, so, yeah, 12 years later and we're still in touch, which is lovely. And I wanted to speak to a local. So she came on and chatted to us about her home country. Is she living in, 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 in France now? Yes, so she lives uh, just outside of Paris, so we talk about that. And actually this episode starts a little bit differently because um, – and it's a bit fun. Next next week we're actually going to share. Um, uh, Geraldine and I talked about um, what was happening in France during COVID and we did that chat mm-hmm. way back in March or April uh, in 2020. And so I asked her for a quick update at the start and then, you know, we sort of didn't know what to do with those. Um, We've talked about it on a few episodes, uh, what to do with those interviews that I did. And so I've decided we're going to release it and hear about Mm -hmm. what what was happening in France in, um, you know, the start of 2020 when COVID sort of started and then to hear what it's happening a year later. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so a bit different and we have a few of those. So we do a bit of a here and now and before and after. Um, But, yeah, we also talked about France in general and and her country and then talked a little bit about some of my times there. So have have you been, Darius, to France? I have been a few times. Um, As as an international man of mystery, uh, (laughs) France is... Is, is on the list, of course. Um, been to Paris and Toulouse and Nice and Marseille. Ah, oh, Marseille. Um, that was the one I was – I couldn't remember and I was um, saying that there was somewhere I really wanted to go because The Count of Monte Cristo was filmed in – and well, set in Marseille and I think it was huh. might have been filmed there too. Um, one of my favourite books ever. It's my favourite film ever. There you go. Huh. Uh, but yes, so that is set in France, in Marseille, and I would love to get there. So there you go. You've got one up on me, Darius. It's it's very lovely. Um, the south of France, um, which I've been to more extensively than the rest of France, is is very lovely. Um, I've also been to Cannes when the film fest was on. Ooh, that would have been quite intense. Uh, yeah. Um, didn't have tickets for anything, so it was it was pretty easy going. <laughs> um, but it was it was kind of there was a it was a great buzz in the city. Would have been a lot of um, journalists around and lots of um, well, lots of celebrities too. It's a big yeah thing. But that that sort of thing is is wasted on me because I don't know the names of any of them. I'm like, hey, <laughs> it's that 
person from the thing. Ah, I'm totally on board with that. Uh, and what uh, what other highlights of your time in France do you have? Um, I once had a like a twenty course meal uh, near Toulouse, which was insane. They just the food never stopped. That's a lot. Um, like I've heard of degustation yeah. menus, but usually it's like seven or nine, so like five, this seven was or like, nine. This was like in a. Um, in a, in a barn somewhere and it was like um, a Sunday and there was heaps of French locals and like they just like someone would bring out plates and then the the, the lady from the kitchen would come around and, and put whatever she had in the current pot on the plate and then when you finished it got swapped for a clean plate and it just kept going. It, it just didn't stop. Um, quite, quite crazy and a lot of wine. Oh, yes, yes. A matched uh, degustation menu with wine is, is a must. Uh, so that sure. is a top tip to do when you're there. Maybe maybe not 20 courses. That's um, somewhat excessive, but. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I, this, this wasn't fancy at all, right? So it was, it was, it was very, very local, very um, down to earth. Uh, so this is, this is not comparable to like a degustation menu but it, I mean it, it kind of was I just didn't know what was happening <laughs> oh and that's all part of the experience so um, I'm sure France is one of the most popular um, countries I mean we just talked about Italy recently and France is one of the most mm -hmm. um, popular tourist destinations as well for its gay Paris uh, everybody wants to mm -hmm. go to to visit Paris and we discussed that a little bit in the episode too you know what what's the what's the allure so I'd love to hear from the listeners um, on our social media channels or email us like if you've been to France or if you want to go to France what what's what's the uh, attraction how did how did France come to be this such a popular tourist destination. It's, um, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed my time. So, you know, <laughs> not the here to argue it, but I just think it's, it's fascinating mm -hmm. that some of these destinations have just become, you know, the, the go-to and the must. Sure. So sure. What's, what's it is, um, enticing. Yeah. I, I've been to Paris a few times. I didn't, I mean, it's, it's interesting, but it's not like, I don't rate it that much, put it that way. Mm, and people are quite polarised on that. Um, you know, there are people who love it and then there are people who are like, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm there are people definitely who hate in, the, in team meh. In team meh. <laughs> well, yes. Um, and as, as always on all of our episodes, tell me, um, you already talked a little bit about the degustation menu, but um, is there any other French food that you – Really enjoy or? Uh, oui, a uh, croque madame mm. and a omelette du fromage and a basically all the cheese related things. Yeah, fondue. <laughs> uh, well, no, not not cheese fondue. <laughs> Chocolate um, fondue. Sorry. <laughs> No, I like – so there's another one where, where instead of like melted cheese or melted chocolate, it's like a pot of oil and you like uh, fry your own little food in the in the pot of oil. Okay. There you go. All the different things. But um, what, can you tell us what a croque madame is? I, I've had them. But, um. uh, yep. It's like a, it's like a toast 
cheese sandwich with an egg on top. Mm. Delicious. I, I I don't know if I'm I'm doing that. Does that it also justice, have but ham? it's like ham. Yeah, yeah, ham, ham. Uh, I get confused between the croque madame and the croque monsieur. Um, croque madame has like sauce and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty gooey. No, the the, the the egg right. makes it a croque madame. There you ah, go. Okay. It's ham, cheese, and crunchy fried bread, and then um, if you put an egg on top, it becomes a croque madame. Oh, delicious. Deliciousness. Now you're making me hungry. Well, We um, should do a, a cooking show on the podcast. <laughs> I'm terrible with food, though. I love food um, and enjoy eating it, but I'm not um, – yeah, I'm, I think we've discussed I'm not a cook person. I like to eat the food that's there and when I mm. cook it's for convenience and to stay alive. Right. Right. Um, happy to eat food and ha- love sampling food when I'm overseas. I love to have a little bit and I love um, – I very much enjoy going to different restaurants and different – trying different dishes and making sure I've sort of got the gamut. But um, – I, when you come to like, if someone's like, what was in that or how would you make that? I'm like, yeah, you've lost me. Hmm. I've done some cooking things in other, like, you know, cooking classes. Some cooking things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cooking, it sounds cooking like you're lessons. right into the cooking things. <laughs> cooking <laughs> lessons, but I, it's not something I probably like, I would do it because it's there, not because, yeah. And I'm like, I enjoyed okay. that while I'm doing it, but like unsupervised, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no unsupervised cooking allowed. Yeah. I don't know how well a cooking show would translate on a podcast. Well, we, uh, I, I, I don't know, especially with both of us in different locations. <laughs> but like, it's, I think it was, cooking is quite a visual. Uh, I don't think just trying to describe how to julienne a carrot and uh, et cetera. It, it's. it's yeah. Okay. You're are probably they, right. They, well, there you go. That's fun research for you. Um, and you know, there you go. And listeners, uh, share with us your favourite cooking podcasts if if they are there. I've never, as I say, not interested, so I have not explored. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if, it's, if there's an well, eating podcast, I am in. Okay, cooking podcast is about a million. Okay, but I think <laughs> it's. Um, Probably time to get stuck into the France episode before we ramble on about cooking podcasts. <laughs> well, we had to talk what, about what? France as well. So your That's your true. your take on France. So. My take on France. Uh, yeah, great food, great people. Um, learn a bit of French. It really helps. Um, be prepared to be spoken French at. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they do that a lot. Like just start talking to you and it's like, uh uh, sorry, <laughs> je suis désolé, no parlez-vous français. See, and that's what I used to say, no parlez-vous français, but that means uh, you don't speak French. Well, I don't. <laughs> I know, but you say, well, no, you're accurately demonstrating that you don't. But what you're Good. saying, and I used to do it too, was because um, you say parlez-vous français, which means do you speak French? But when you're uh-huh. saying no parlez-vous français, you're saying essentially saying you don't speak French. <laughs> you're walking around <laughs> accusing other people of not speaking French, <laughs> which to a French speaker would probably be quite offensive. Um, but if you say je ne parle pas français, I do not speak French. 
Uh, and then they'll say, well, right. you do because you just said that very nicely. So that's my problem. So actually it's I'll probably have... better when I said <laughs> no parler pour français. Probably my, my eating food in France is cheese-related because they're all the dishes I know the names of. Well, um, yes, that helps. I'm, um, I'm actually quite partial at the moment to a ham and cheese croissant. Really, who isn't? I've who been isn't? craving those, so. Mm. Mm. Delicious. Um, that will be on the menu tomorrow. Anywho, as we've discussed. Très bien. Uh, très bien. Merci. Um, merci, Darius. And shall we kick on? Wait. Uh, let's kick on. <laughs> As we continue to butcher the French language. Carry on. Welcome, Geraldine. <laughs> and so how are things here at the moment? We had new announcements yesterday evening. <laughs> uh, so we are back uh, into lockdown uh, from tonight. Uh, well, it's not as... Um, I don't know what's, how to say that. It's not as strict as what we had last March, but it's a bit more um, strict than what we had in November. Uh, so basically it's uh, seven days a week. So we have a curfew at 7 p.m. We used to have a curfew until uh, since November at 6 p.m., but because we have a daylight saving uh, this weekend now, it's pushed up to 7 p.m. Um, we are not allowed to go where further than 10 kilometers away from your home. Uh, you're not supposed to be inside someone's house. So you can meet with people if it's within the 10 kilometer radius of your home um, mm -hmm. uh, and outside in parks or things like that. I, uh, and then in terms of um, uh, there's only first necessities um, uh, stores that will be open like food and, uh, and things like that. Uh, but uh, closed stores or anything like that will be closed. And, well, restaurants and bars haven't opened since, uh, like, a year, <laughs> since ages. Uh, so, yeah, so it's brand new. It's from yesterday evening. We still don't have the full uh, list of things that are will be open or not. Schools are open, which is, like, massive, massive, great news for us. Yeah. Uh, so that schools are open, so nannies are allowed to work. Because for the first lockdown, uh, I remember we discussed that we were working from home, my, my husband and I, full time, plus managing the three kids at the same time. So it was like, well, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so now the good news is that schools remain open for the time being. And this lockdown is for uh, four weeks minimum uh, and maybe, maybe more. So does that yeah. mean that there's been another spike in the cases or? Yeah. We have around 30,000 30, new cases per day. Uh, I think we run around uh, 300 deaths per day. So we should be uh, around 100K uh, deaths since uh, March, so since last year. Uh, so that's quite big. But the major problem we have is uh, spaces in hospital. We are at 102% of what they call bed occupation, meaning that we don't have any, any beds left <laughs> uh, for COVID patients. So that's why we are in lockdown. It's not to avoid the, the virus to be spreading around. It's just to give a rest for the hospital so that they have less people at the same time. And then, well, they 
lockdown will be um, lifted and then you'll have more more beds available and then another lockdown, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, we just started the um, vaccine campaign. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, well, only old people got uh uh, their shots yet mm. uh, so we are I mean as young people um, in good health and all of that we are supposed to get it probably end of summer yeah so it's still quite a long way from here yes same here so wow and you I don't know if you hear anything about Australia but um, you must think it's um, quite weird like we have you know we'll have a few cases three four cases and they'll do a lockdown well <laughs> Well, I, I'm not following much uh, uh, the news about Australia, but I'm following you. And I've seen that you were out and about with lots of people, lots of friends. Restaurants seem to be open, which is like, wow, we haven't been to a restaurant in, since, since last February. So, so, yeah, just following you, I'm like, okay, there's different, definitely something different there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm in Queensland and we were probably one of the, the best places or Western Australia. So... Okay. Yeah, because we have such a big country, we've, um, uh, you know, we have basically closed the state borders, which has been strange for us. We're a federated country. We are one nation, but um, we're acting as different countries. So that, that's been weird for us. Like my mum is in New South Wales. My, sorry, my mum, my dad and my brother are in New South Wales. We couldn't see them for months, you know. So we're in the same country, yeah. but we couldn't see each other for months and months and months, um, it just wasn't possible. So, um, you know, and then even weirder, yes, of course, is being in the same city as somebody and being you know, 15 kilometres away and then not being. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously we all have our own different, you know, and then, you know, then you talk to people in the USA and they're like just going anywhere they want. <laughs> and you're like. Yeah, well, okay. the, the casualty numbers in the USA is massive as well. So uh, it's, well, it's really the government that has to decide to balance the number of deaths we have versus the, the ability, the, the free the freedom to do what we want, which is, uh, which is uh, yeah. Uh, but it feels sometimes that like we are in a, uh, sorry, I can't remember the name in English, but detect, detect, ah, dictatorship. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it means like, well, they say that you have to be back home at 7 p.m., etc. Which, to be honest, I'm lucky because I don't have that curfew um, enforced at 6 p.m. because I'm working late. So I have some kind of um, uh, pass <laughs> that says you are allowed to go home a bit later. Uh, so I'm home at 7 p.m. So now the new curfew would be okay, but it just means that you don't have the time to do any anything when you wanted to do some shopping like food shopping. Well, you can't because I'm home at seven, but the curfew is at six. And even now from tonight, the curfew will be at seven, which is the time I reach, I reach home. So I won't have time to do that. So it has to be in the weekends. But now, well, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a bit complex, but we are now, and it's sad to say, but used to not have any um, social life. <laughs> we are just between us. Uh, and lucky enough, uh, we just got back on Sunday from a week uh, of holidays with all my family, friend, uh, brother and sisters and niece, nephew, etc., my parents uh, in the in the 
in the French Alps, so in the mountains. So it's good that we had that week off so that we could have lots of fresh air and all of that because now we know that at least for a month or a month and a half, we're not going to be allowed to go any further than those 10 kilometers, which is <laughs> not that big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. We found it funny over here. Um, you know, and I was talking to our co-host Darius, who's in Germany, uh, which we have an episode coming up soon about the current situation and how the different countries have approached it. But we thought it was strange because we were in our lockdown quite serious in um, June, July, August. And then, but Europe was having summer and everyone yeah. was kind of, it felt like, uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone was out and traveling in my family in the UK, going to Greece and Netherlands and things like that. And we were like, um, but it's kind of still happening. So, you know, and then I guess now it's weird in the reverse, like we're out and about and they're like, oh, well, we wish we were. And we're sort of like, well, we did our, we did our, you know. Your, 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 your share. Yeah, <laughs> we, every, everyone yeah. has had this strict time at different times. And, um, yeah, I guess you just have to deal with your own situation. You can't say, oh, I wish I was over there or they're doing it different. Uh, well, you know, you have to, whatever the government and the situation is where you are you have to take it <laughs> every government has its own constra constraints so you can't compare you're well you're an island so maybe it's easier to avoid people coming in in australia uh, which is not the case in france we have lots of people working in different countries and coming uh, well uh, uh, off and off but but well but yes you're an island as well so it's it's all the constraints coming in so you you shouldn't be uh, comparing uh, with other countries, but it's true that sometimes you feel like, oh, why do they have to do that while we are not allowed to, or etc. But yeah, anyway, and you forget as just, well. You forget, yeah, because like, when you're in the time, you forget that you had other time that wasn't like yeah. that. So we have some people overseas going, "Why you get to do that?" And we're like, "Um, you did things that we couldn't do." And now yeah. <laughs> different situation, you know, even in our own country, like I said, we have in Victoria, they were very, very, very strict. They had a four-month lockdown, very strict. Oh, it's quite And then they're looking at Queensland where we are and, um, yeah, we were going out and um, going to restaurants and, you know, we, we have more space and things like that. But we also, the reason for the strictness is we have a very vulnerable population and very um, scarce resources. So if it gets to the rural areas, like you're talking about hospital yeah, capacity, yeah. they have nothing. It will be a disaster, yeah. Yeah, there would, yeah. it would be really very, very critical. So they protected the regional areas and the vulnerable people and we respect that, you know. And I just think yeah. you just have to deal with, the situation you have, you know, so, you know, it's always the grass is greener, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it tends to be, yeah. yeah. And the only, the other thing that I uh, noticed on your pictures is that you're not wearing any masks. One, since May, uh, we are not used to, every time we step out of the house, we have to wear a mask. Uh, I wear a mask all day long when I'm at work. Uh, the only time I'm not having a mask is inside a house. But yeah. other than that, yeah, and you just get used to it. And every time I see films or pictures or anything with people without a mask, I'm like, what are you doing? You should <laughs> be wearing one. <laughs> Why? It shouldn't be the normality. It is now uh, and it feels okay when now we see 
I remember Asia has a lot of people wearing masks, which it was really very surprising before for us. But now yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, well, yes, that's that's the way it is. <laughs> yes, yeah, we yeah. our rule is on the plane and on the airport, and uh, when there is, if there, you know, there is cases again, they 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 put it up high. And they say everybody has to wear it. But in Queensland, um, I think only in Brisbane for three days they enforced it. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then only things like in hospital. So for me, uh, when I was pregnant, uh, like we said before, um, yeah, there was a small time where I had to wear it to the hospital. And I feel for people because it was very um, confronting. It made it feel very um, serious. Um, yeah made me feel really emotional and my husband couldn't come usually he can come to the appointments he couldn't come uh during that time and you know for other places I know that that was the case always so I felt uncomfortable for that short time and I feel uh yeah it would have been very upsetting to have to do that all the time I mean like you're saying it becomes New normal. <laughs> yeah, the new the norm. So you do this. That's how it is. Yeah. And even my kids, they tend to say, Oh, do you have your mask? Or because when we go out after curfew or during the lockdown, when we have to go out, we have to fill out um, a paper saying, I'm going out, I'm allowed to go out because that, that, that. And um, uh, so that's like, like a, a green pass. I don't know how to, how to call it in English. And when we go out, I always have one of my kids say, oh, do you have your pass? D- d- did you fill out your 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 form to go out? And I'm like, well, you th- you're three or you're five. You shouldn't be worrying about that. But well, that's, that's how it is now. <laughs> it's like, it is like a movie. It's like post, yeah. post-apocalyptic. It's really, um, and it'd be interesting, you know, like people keep saying, you know, now my son has been born in this time. It'd be interesting to say, you know, when you were born, this was happening and, you know, we don't know what it's going to look like. But the same with your kids. Like it'd be interesting if they, oh, mom, do you remember when we had to do that? Or or if if they don't remember, you know, we don't know. We don't know how long this is going to go. It might be a few years of their life. So they might. That, that, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. I hope they are going to soon say, well, do you remember when we had to do that? Meaning that it's not going to be the case in a few months or a few years. But yeah, yeah, let's. Anyway, just we have to sit tight, hang out and hang on, sorry, and and well, wait, be patient. So this isn't how I usually start an interview, but I think it's Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, I think it's great. And um, you know, for uh, ease of editing for my lovely co-host, I wasn't gonna leave that in. And at some point we did actually record, you know, and I was talking to him about it the other day, with the intention that I would do interview and then do maybe a month later, maybe six months later. But, you know, everything got weird and then it felt um, like, I don't know, it's like I don't know if people want to talk about it. We kind of got over it, I think. Next thing I know, it's been four months, so I thought, okay, I'll reach out to people. But, again, I thought some people might be not in a good place. And now, you're, like you're saying, I mean, it's next month it's been a year since we did that talk. Yeah, it, it, the time flew by, like, really quickly. And uh, I remember when we discussed, I was like, well, it's going to, it's going to end, so that, that will be okay. But then a year afterwards, we're like, well, we're still back in lockdown. Uh, yeah, things have changed a bit, but basically, yeah, well, yeah, no major improvements, if I might say. <laughs> so, yeah. And you were, you and I were in an interesting situation of having been through, uh, I guess it was an epidemic. It wasn't, uh, I didn't think it switched yeah. into a pandemic when we the swine flu. No, 
No, it was so 2009 in Mexico. I think it really stayed in Mexico, maybe Central or Northern America, but it didn't arrive or not that big to 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 other parts of the of the world. And um, funny enough, I listened to Pedro's episode. I think it was a few days ago yeah. uh, on your <laughs> podcast. And he talked about wearing masks. And I remember we went to um, I, I don't, I, we went to uh, another place. I don't remember where it was, but and we took a picture at the airport wearing masks because it was the first time we were doing so. And I found the picture back um, this week, and I was like, "Wow, this was like massive." Something very funny. Say, "Hey, look, we're wearing masks. That's funny." But now we're like, "Yeah, well, that's every day <laughs> what we do every day." So yeah, yeah. but that, that that wasn't that that bad uh i remember things no. were getting closed in mexico but but not like we have today well they well that was the funny thing though they they and i said that they shut it down really quickly like it happened yeah no they said don't go to shops don't go here don't go there i mean we were silly uni, uni students and yeah had a party <laughs> somebody had a party going and everyone was like let's wear masks and i remember being there and thinking this is that post-apocalyptic feeling i was like this doesn't feel Right, this feels strange, and I left. I left early. <laughs> Did you fly home early? No, you wanted. They wanted you to. No, they wanted me to. I didn't want to because I was planning six weeks of traveling in, in Central America with a French friend of mine. Uh, so I stayed in Mexico, but then um, the flight for my friend got cancelled, uh, and I was like, "Well, um, maybe it's a bit more serious than I think." So after a few weeks of staying in Mexico by myself because everybody left, <laughs> uh, I decided to go home. Uh, so not traveling the, the the travel I was supposed to. But yeah, uh, so I got home a bit earlier than uh, than expected. But not be I I finished my studies and then I just didn't do the traveling part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a strange end. But uh, so I, I was saying, yeah, a lot of the time I say I've been through this before, but it. And it was it was as weird as it was this time, but the continuation, and you know, even I had a girl. Yeah, we did. It did come to Australia, but by the time it got to Australia, swine flu, like they tried to say about COVID, that they were like, oh, it's just like the normal flu. Well, swine flu was like the yeah. normal flu for people who were well. COVID. I think we can all see now that it is not the normal. That's flu. That's not the case. <laughs> and no. it is, it, it's not changing so yeah I would love to talk to you today about your country France yeah um, uh, oh sort of pandemic you want to say <laughs> yes so uh, bonjour comment ça va bonjour Emma ça va très bien et toi uh, muy bien uh, très bien not not <laughs> je ne peux parler français <laughs> no problem we can switch to English so we can say, you know, I'm saying for the listeners who don't speak French that I don't speak French and I say reasonably well that I don't speak French but uh, no but champagne, merci, croissant <laughs> well important words that's all you need to know <laughs> absolutely I was very proud because I, I do have an understanding that sometimes in France people can be a little bit um, let's say I don't know they they want the to the pro, the proper pronunciation, but I remember being in a cafe in Paris and asking for something, and the, and they served me, and they were quite nice about it. So that didn't feel true to me. But I have heard um, sometimes people try to speak French, and the response is not so friendly. Well, it, it um, French people they love their language and the etiquette 
associated to it. So mm. if you're not saying like bonjour or bonsoir, which is hello, good evening, before saying anything else, well, it will be considered very rude and you can expect to be met with um, uh, uh, gruffness uh, mm -hmm. if, if you don't have the, the, uh, the, the proper way of asking for things. So you have to utter that word, so I say, even if it's like bonjour, bonsoir, not really knowing how to say that, at least they'll notice the, the, the fact that you've made some effort. Right. So that's really important. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a really, well, we usually ask the travel tip at the end, but that's a great tip. To, <laughs> uh, and that's, that's common courtesy that you should say hello uh, first, yeah. not just I want a coffee, you know, um, <laughs> or I want that. I remember asking for a tart, but yes, bonjour. Um, that's a, yeah, and it's reasonably well known that that's the hello in France. So yeah. top tip, say that and you will at least have a good entry to yeah, which is which is the case in all other countries. Just be polite. Try just basic words in any in any language, and then that will get you around. Yes, and I, I, you know, this was the stereotype that I had heard, and that, that people don't even try. And I thought, well, I'm going to try, you know. And I, I had my little language book. You'll and see, I, yeah. And I thought people were quite receptive to it, and. Um, you know, it's fun. It's fun to, to try and obviously they can recognise that you're maybe not <laughs> definitely not French. <laughs> the most horrible one, which I think will make most French people feel very unwell, is we were learning French in year seven in school and okay. uh, the boy pronounced it Bonnie Newt. Bon Instead oui. of bonne nuit, <laughs> <laughs> and I would never, forget, I would never forget it. It was um, just like sort of like classic faux pas, and yeah, it, I know that would that would be like oh, my heart. <laughs> well, it's still it's the people making an effort. So you can say, okay, can you repeat? Because we'll <laughs> say, okay, I'm not sure I understood exactly what you were going to say, but but at least you'll say, okay, now you've tried. Let's switch to English if you don't mind. <laughs> don't take it personally, but yeah, let's switch to English. <laughs> That's how it is. But yeah, different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And so, I mean, usually I ask people, who are you, even though we've done a bit of an introduction of you, but who are you and how do we know each other? So my name is Geraldine and I'm French, as you can tell by the accent. <laughs> I'm almost 35 years old. I'm an engineer in logistics uh, and a mum of three young kids. And we met in 2009 in Mexico, we ended up being roommates in Monterey when we were studying. I think you arrived just for one semester, but I was here for the full year. So I was here since 2008. And you ended up arriving in the flat I had since the beginning, which was this massive, massive flat that we were sharing with um, uh, five, five different people. So that was that, that was really cool. It was amazing. And, um, you know, it was cool that, uh, well, you all spoke English well as you are speaking very English very well, but it was, uh, you know, we also all spoke Spanish and that was really fun. And at the time I couldn't hear the difference in the, you know, I just Spanish sounded like Spanish and now I can hear the different accent behind it. Which oh. is quite funny. <laughs> between the, you mean between the Mexican Spanish and the Spanish Spanish? <laughs> oh, and the French person speaking Spanish or English. Oh, right. Person, you know, because my Australian <laughs> friends, you know, they'd be like, uh, you know, como estas, donde están los baños, por favor. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. well, yeah. 
the, the way you tend to start. <laughs> yeah, and the Italian, I remember um, some of our friends coming over, Stefano and things, and I thought, oh, they sound so Spanish, and then now I can hear the Italian behind the Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you get you got used to. <laughs> and how is your Spanish now? Do you still remember much? Well, I I think that I still do understand a lot of it, but I'm not practicing at all. Mm. Um, I... <laughs> I watched the La Casa de Papel <laughs> in Spanish, which was really nice because uh, uh, I could uh, understand pretty much everything. So that was good. But I tend to work in English, but not in Spanish. So, yeah, you know, not uh, not so easy. English is brilliant. So, I mean, oh, thanks. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's always so impressive to an Australian uh, because we speak English, 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 and sometimes not even very good English. So um, <laughs> to hear somebody, I'm very, I'm always so jealous. And I mean, our roommate um, Deborah, she spoke yeah. German in Italian so many languages, yeah, by birth, uh, and then English and French, and then just for funsies, you know, when and learned Spanish. So you're like. You yeah. just know five languages, and I, maybe there's a. I think there's a. There is a skill, a certain skill. Once you've learned the the constructs, you can pick up the other things. And maybe for you guys, I don't know if it was easier for you because uh, French and Spanish are both Latin based. Uh, well, I don't know if it's easier. It maybe it's a bit more confusing as well sometimes because you tend to see okay, this should be the same as the French, but then well, it's not. But but yeah, maybe there's a few words at least that we could just add a no or an a at the end, and then it would be a Spanish word. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's a yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's still once you start to learn languages, well, it, it's just something to pick up. But I understand that when you speak English, which is like number one language in the world well you don't have to to learn any other language so that's good for you as well <laughs> yeah it's good it's um you know it's a it's a certainly a privilege uh, in many respects but i like we were saying before i think it's um polite and um you know just a, a nice thing if you're going somewhere i know always like places like china they're always so amazed mm. that you can say a few words and i think that should just be as just being polite yeah, yeah. Huge. at least hello um thank you you know pardon or sorry you know that's just so you can uh, have a greeting that's pretty simple and to say oh I can't pronounce it or well, it's it's just practice all languages sounds right you just put yeah. sounds together so yeah yeah just Try. <laughs> exactly. And now, so where do you live in France and where are you from in France? So I live in the suburbs of Paris so on the west side in a big city called Colombe. And I'm also from this region. So I was uh, born and raised here. Uh, uh, well, not in the same city, but born and raised in the in the Paris area. Uh, yeah. And, and well, that's where the jobs are so far. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how it is. <laughs> and is your husband also from Paris originally? Yeah, he's from Paris, Paris. Like he's a real Parisian. So oh. when we decided to go outside of Paris because we wanted to get a house with a, a garden, this was some kind of a, a trade-off that we had to make. <laughs> and is there sort of um, any like um, I don't know elitism or anything like that of being from Paris, Paris, or it doesn't really matter. It really depends on the people. Uh, well, it, it's well. 
when I'm outside of France, I'll say I'm from Paris because, mm-hmm. well, people, they won't know the suburbs of Paris. If I'm um, in, uh, let's say, in the countryside, I tend to say I'm from the Paris area, not saying I'm from Paris because, yeah, well, there's still a few cliché about real Parisian. But, yeah, well, now it's people tend to move a lot. So it's not that enforced as it was, I suppose, a few a few years back. So, yeah, it's just that's it. I'm from Paris area and that's I'm not ashamed of, ashamed of it or proud of it. It's, uh, it's how it is. It is. Because it's something funny. I found always so, so interesting. You'd ask people who hadn't traveled or even if they have traveled a little bit, where do you want to go most? And so many people say Paris. And I, it was always so, I was like, why, why? And it's like, because it's Paris. And we couldn't really, sometimes some people had a reason, but uh, they'd say, because it's Paris. And I, to be honest, I had, um, well, I tried to go in with no expectation because I thought I don't like popular things. (laughs) And I thought, (laughs) I I don't know, I didn't want to go there and be like, oh, it's just everybody wants to go there. Why? And um, when I did, I went, tried to go with no expectation. And when I went, I could see the charm. I could see the, I mean, the history, uh, the layout of the city is very good. I mean, the cafe culture is lovely. The view, like going up to Sacré-Cœur and then seeing the view over the city and the first spot of the Eiffel Tower, the first time I spotted, I saw it in the distance from Sacré-Cœur <laughs> and um, my heart skipped a beat and I was like, oh, oh, the real, you know, it's the real thing, you know. It's, it's there's something, something there. But what do you, do you believe in the magic or the romance or is there something... I do believe, well, when I listen to you, I'm like, yes, that's how it is for foreigners like Paris is. And but not only for foreigners, but also for French people that never had the chance to go to Paris. They have this, like, this view of what it is to be in Paris. Um, uh, and, and I think that's the reason why France or maybe Paris is like the most traveled country in the world. Uh, in front of every other country. So um, I believe in that magic. but. When you live in Paris, well, it's different. It's, mm. Well, you don't see the city the same way. And I've only lived in central Paris for a few months, and I didn't really like it. Of course, it's quite convenient. You have the subway to go everywhere. Everything is right at your doorstep, so that's good. But it's like, it's too much. It's People are, well, it's too much. Well, apartments are not that big now. I live in a house. I have a garden, which I'm lucky enough. So you want more space. And uh, yeah, well, it's, but I have my, two of my sisters, they are living in Paris and like loving it, like really loving it. So it really depends on on you. And uh, I cannot say you shouldn't go to Paris. It's not that great. Not go to Paris, visit Paris. It's great. But it's just wasn't my kind of things to live in there. Yeah. No, and I've seen, I was watching some show about tiny living and Paris, oh, my God, the, the, some of the apartments, it's, they, they are so tight. Like you can't, you couldn't maybe even put your arms out to the wall, uh, to the corridor yeah. coming down and you literally have a toilet, sometimes the shared toilet, um, you know, on the floor and like in, on the apartment level. And then there's some tiny kitchenette, and I mean you have a great view, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's I mean it's amazing, and people I guess, but they want to be in the center and 
yeah, and it, it's once once more, it's really what you want that or what you can afford as well. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah. It's, it you have small it. small apartments. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't lost its popularity, and maybe that's from a historic point of view that people didn't need much space, or maybe it's a lifestyle point of view. But it was it's uh, it was fascinating, and um, but yes, I would never never tell somebody not to go. But I love the the rationale of why and, and if it's just because it's popular I, I need for me I need I'm like come on give me something more something like, more <laughs> yeah come on we so like if you at least said for the wine I'd be like okay fair play you know? <laughs> or for but the, in that case if that's not for the wine don't go to Paris go to other region of France but Paris is not the place for wine <laughs> well you tell so tell me what's your favorite uh wine region well, wine. Well, there are different wine regions. I'm not a big fan of wine, to be honest. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I know. I know. Are you even French? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not even a big fan of chocolate, which I, I doubt I'm French. But <laughs> um, the, the major wine regions would some would mostly be the Bordeaux or the Bourgogne uh, region, which are a bit southern part of uh, of France. Uh, but yeah. Uh, there's so many things to see in France, and we'll, we'll probably talk about that a bit later, that Paris is not all of it. Uh, so it's part of it, but that's not what there is about France. France is in one single country, you have every type of places to see. Of course, you have big cities like Paris with lots of places to visit, um, popular, popular uh, uh, sightseeing, but you also have the countryside with like the, um, the different villages, the colorful um, food markets. You also have the mountains, uh, which are really different if you're in summer or in winter. You yes. also have the, the seasides, which the northern one is very different from the southwest one or from the southeast one. Like um, everything is different. You also have islands, which where it feels like uh, the life is a bit out of time. Uh, so, and you have the historical places you talked about history uh it's a bit cocky to say that but we have very old history not yeah. at, like the us which is like very new for us uh, so what i like and what i love about france is that um you have all of that in just one places and it's not that big for example from the north northern part to the south part you only have 1000 kilometers which yeah. is quite small especially for a Australian like you. <laughs> well, we did that the other day. We drove from um, yeah, so a thousand kilometers. So, so, <laughs> so, so that's that's day. totally that's totally feasible. Yeah. So if we were, <laughs> let's say, in a pandemic and you're not allowed to leave your country, then by staying in France, you would be. It would be possible to see every kind of different countryside or or um, uh, anything you could see. It's in France, so that's well. You might have not have the jungle, but apart from that, I think you have everything in such like a country which is not that big. Yeah, and you have the yes. Well, you have beautiful forests, but um, yeah, I've been mm -hmm. uh, very blessed. I've been to. I was in Morsin and Avoria in the okay in the mountain. Mm -hmm. And, the, the Alps, yeah. Yes, and then I've been in Paris in the city. And then my grandfather lived in, um, and I'm going to pronounce probably horribly, but Montrobo, which is near Saint-Lô. Uh, okay. You come into Caen. Normandy, and then source, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, Normandy. So 
uh, the, more like a, I guess, provincial country sort of um, very quaint little area. So, yeah, I got to go there twice uh, while he was living there. Oh. And so I've seen a few of those parts, but I would definitely love to see more of the countryside. And then I would really love mm-hmm. to get down to, oh, I'm going to, where they filmed, uh, where it was set, uh, The Count of Monte Cristo is one of my favourite movies. And I think it's set, it's on the it's, coast it's, somewhere. It's a night, yeah, it's on the West Coast, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It's on the West Coast. It's an, an island, but I don't remember the name. Uh, you know, I'm terrible at uh, culture. It was <laughs> <laughs> oh, so charming. Um, and I just, it was that, I mean, it's set long time ago and it's a made up story yeah. but it's it's set down there and um so that's somewhere I would like to go off the coast of and and would Nice be down there as well or is that the south Nice is the south of France yeah so I have the French Riv- the, the French Riviera yes so that's the part I I must get to that's the one I guess one of the yeah. famous parts I haven't been but I thoroughly enjoyed when, all of my visits when was the last time you were in France all of them were in 2000. Uh, no, the Paris was 2007, early 2007. Then the other one yeah, was okay. 2006. So Okay. Yeah. So you need to come back because now that we met in 2009, so that was afterwards, we could, I could show you some different places as well. And like you said, it's good to see it with a local eye. <laughs> so yeah, I could... I, yeah, <laughs> I, I could, I, I, could I could take you around. <laughs> I would love that. And so you've told me it's about some of your love of the country. Now tell me, you've told me that wine and chocolate, which, you know, I cannot believe are not favorites, <laughs> but what are your favorite foods of France? Because France is very famous for the food. Well, it's, well, it's the French cuisine. It's like an art. Um, I, I I found out quite recently that the French gastronomy was uh, awarded UNESCO World Heritage uh, status, I think it was 10 years ago. So it's just like, I love everything. Uh, But uh, the traditional meals, as well as a, like say, more recent one with foreign influences. But I have a very sweet tooth. So I would recommend something which is called la tarte tropezienne. So it's a, a... uh, a pie from a, mm. a specialty from the south of France, the city of Saint-Tropez. Uh, and it's a filled brioche uh, and everyone has tried to copy it. But my favorite one is from the original store, the original confectioner, which is in the city of Saint-Tropez. So Saint-Tropez is uh, in the French Riviera. Yes. Um, <laughs> but but that's just my favorite one. But as a tourist, of course, you should try things as like the wine, but also maybe the snails or oysters mm. or anything based um, uh, from uh, cheese, like fondue, raclette, mm. which maybe you've tried when you were in the Alps. Yes. Um, pastries, bread. Oh, I love the French bread. <laughs> this and is something that I was really missing out in Mexico. <laughs> and it's a custom so, yeah. as well, like when I was with visiting with my grandfather, that people go to the boulangerie in the morning. Like yeah. People go like pretty much... Every day you go and you get your nice fresh bread and it's kind of like a daily ritual or something. Yeah. When, when, well, when you work, it tends to be a bit more complex, especially when you have a curfew. But in the weekend, yeah, we always go and buy fresh bread. When you're on holidays, it has to be something that's done on a daily basis. Yeah, it's, it's a ritual. <laughs> 
And you, it's something I find, you know, similar in, in Germany as well. So I think it's like a European thing. There's just the bread is, is so fresh. You don't use preservative. It's just that uh, it just seems to be, yeah, I don't know, it tastes different. And, and for some people who yeah. have like, um, gluten intolerances and um, even in the past I've had some stomach troubles, but I never had a problem eating that bread. which is a blessing but you know yeah yeah good for you yeah it's it's very there's nothing it's just it's just good food and that's something they talk about a lot with the french diet that a lot of other countries because you eat very rich food and very (laughs) but people are not fat like not well there's the obesity is not the same problem it is in other places and they're like why does the french eating culture and diet why it is more and more of a problem uh to be honest uh, because well we have the influences of other countries and we are bringing different kind of foods but yeah if you tend to eat like regular french foods of course it's rich but it's um well balanced so i think that's why uh, that's why yeah we don't have that many problems obesity but so uh, yeah it's a uh, it's still a bit of a problem now uh, and it's more and more of a problem so yeah and the serving sizes, I think, traditionally were you yeah. had smaller. So you might have yes, you're having entree, main, dessert, but you're having smaller portions. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, and the gastro- like gastronomy, like a um, a meal of having many courses. I guess that would. Then come in that case, fun. you'd have at least five or seven different courses. So in order to have everything placed in your stomach, of course, the serving size has to be a bit smaller. <laughs> yeah, and that, that makes sense. And then you get to try a little bit of everything. Yeah, and you have a, a sort of a food experience. Is yeah, what you're doing in France. So yeah. Yes, you've made me hungry uh, remembering all these <laughs> things. And sim- quite sim- – although um, delicious, there's still a simplicity to it, I think. The, you know, they're, yeah, well, they're creative <laughs> things, but, like, the ingredients, um, yeah. it's good. Basic ingredients. Done in clever yeah. ways, I guess. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned it a little tiny bit, but, uh, if, if you were to tell someone to go, like who was coming to France for the first time, where would you recommend, uh, that they should go? It, it wouldn't depend on the people. How long do you have in France? What do you like? Uh, of course, like we mentioned earlier, if it was a very short stay, then I would recommend to go to Paris, uh, the city of lights, you know, like you, you really say that people would say that's Paris. Well, because that's Paris, that's how it is. But like I said, France doesn't begin and end in Paris. Um, so too many people say, well, I've been to Paris. So check, I've done France. Mm-hmm. But if you're for, here for longer stay, I would recommend to go to, um, I love the seaside, uh, Brittany. So that's a uh, west, north, northwest of, um, of France, uh, where the the uh, it's really different from what you're used to. You used to see the coast is different, the sea is different. You have so many different islands. So this would be a for me a, a, a must a must see. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, 
it's I really wouldn't be able to choose like one place out of the others. Uh, the mountains in in the in the winter, for example, going skiing that that's amazing, and that's you don't have that opportunity in all the countries. So of course, if you're here during winter and you like skiing or at least go and see the snow, then I would recommend to get there. Um, it really really depends on, depends on what you like, and if you want to be a bit more. Um, relax and calm then go mm-hmm. to the countryside lots of regions are unknown uh, in uh, like la Lozère, which is like one of the less populated place in france and uh, this is where my dad is from um so we have a house there and i love going there even though there's no one there are more more cows than people uh, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like amazing to be here just to go um, uh, to hike or uh, just walk around. And yeah, so it depends on what you like and what you you feel like doing. But that's nice sometimes to go in a place because France is very um, densely populated. So to go to a place where there's less population is yeah. uh, that's a different experience. But like what you were saying about the Alps, uh, to ski in France, and this is the nice thing for me, I, I love skiing, but to be able to experience some of the culture while you're doing that. So we did have a night where we went for the fondue. Uh, Ah, cool. (laughs) And then, you know, we're having a break in the afternoon and I would have a chocolat chaud with some, um, (laughs) you know, cognac or brandy or something in it. And then, you know, going for um, some crepe um, with Nutella or dark chocolate or something for the morning tea, you know, then that's the French skiing experience. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the difference between skiing in in France to some other countries. So um, I highly recommend that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And so is there anything that travelers should know about coming to France or anything maybe they should avoid in your opinion? I think you should, uh, well, travelers should know uh, about French people. No, let's say, uh, they, they say, well, France has a, a very uh, rich and unique culture. You, you've just you've given, given an example. So if you want to enjoy it uh, at its finest, you need some cultural insights and um, the right dose of tourist tax. So we discussed, of course, about the fact that you need to say bonjour, uh, merci, well, the, the polite uh, words um but it it is true that we hear that french people are rude which i don't think they're rude but unless you are uh, okay. but yeah what well, you just have to know that if you're being polite if you respect the way the french people are uh, living um it's not always in the rush for example which some tourists are trying to get lunch in like 15 minutes that's just not the way it's done in france so mm-hmm. you have to respect that and mm-hmm. then y- you'll have a wonderful time as in what it is to um, to avoid just have just avoid any faux pas <laughs> with, <laughs> with the french people or with the culture and there are certainly a few shady places where you shouldn't be uh, walking uh, at night if you're alone if you're alone sorry but Apart from that, I think that all of France is nice, um, and all of uh, yeah, all of the places are 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 to be seen at one point in your life. <laughs> 
And it's a common sense, you know, unfortunately, when we were in Paris, my aunt, um, there was somebody bumped into her on the subway and her purse Mm -hmm. was stolen. So that's being in the city, being in a busy area, you know, and it's unfortunate. You know, I didn't ruin our trip or anything like that, but it's just being mindful of zip up your bag. It's a busy city, very lots of people. Some people are less fortunate. So I think just you you know, be careful, keep aware of your surroundings and like don't go out maybe down a dark street at night. <laughs> and that's common. Mm-mm. Yeah, well, that's maybe it, it depends where you come from, but maybe France will feel like it's not as safe as other countries, which I can understand. But like you said, it's just a matter of pay attention. Um, and, and I mean, I... Uh, <laughs> I went to uh, different countries, but I went to uh, Laos, Laos, and uh, three months, well, it was an eight months travel and three months into my travel, I got my back stolen with all my pictures and my camera and all of that. And people were like, well, you didn't pay attention. And I was like, yeah, I know. I thought it was safe, but then it's entirely my fault. So, and it's the same in all the other countries. It's yeah. it could be safe everywhere, but it could be unsafe everywhere as well if you're not paying attention. If you're leaving valuables uh, at sea, at sight, sorry. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's just pay attention. Pay attention, and <laughs> be you careful. Know, I think in a big city, to any big city, yeah. big city it's. Um, you know, just be mindful. There's lots of people around and yeah. So that yeah. was our experience I, I had. And I just remembered from the subway cause it is busy. So it was like, and that's Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's, and it's different um, depending where you go. So you just, uh, you know, but there's, I've yeah. talked to people from all different ones. I mean, God, we lived in Mexico. People go, Mexico? How did you? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I heard of, uh, like, you know, I think predominantly people were saying, yeah. but you hear the one news story, of course, and then it's, uh, it's all terrible. It, it's, you know, um, we live in a, in a city which is, well, I live in a city which is quite safe. I mean, it's like that. And back in November, our car got stolen right in front of a house during the night so people were like oh that's because you that's because you live there and i'm like no that's just because people tend to steal wherever they are and we've so looking at the news afterwards we saw that this type of car got stolen everywhere in posh cities in poor suburbs everywhere so it's just a matter of yeah well that's it depends on the people who are stealing it or stealing it it doesn't depend on you it's or, yeah so that's friends is, is safe <laughs> that's is exactly <laughs> <C'est la vie. laughs> and so tell me a fun well do you have a fun fact about france that maybe we don't know yes i do i i i had to i had to work for that one to be honest uh i found out that france has the most time zones uh, different time zones in the world and that not all of france speaks french so why is that? It is because when we speak about France, we only speak about continental France. But there are so many overseas territories mm. that are integral parts of the French Republic that this is true. And I say integral parts of the French Republic because it's not as in the UK where the overseas territory are just part of the uh, Commonwealth, Commonwealth or whatever. Mm. Yeah, this is not the case. In France, overseas territory are France. We have the same 
uh, prime minister, the same president. We have the same laws. So, and that's why we have so many, we have 12 different time zones between all the different overseas territory and continental France. So that's also something to say that let's visit France as in continental France, but the other territories are so different that that should also be something to visit. I've been only to a few places, but not back to Tahiti or La Polynesie Francaise, which are like literally on the other side of the world from us, but so close from you that yeah. you should be, <laughs> you should there. get there. Yes, I've been to, oh, yeah. I've been to New Caledonia twice. So um, Then that's it. You've been to France another time. <laughs> and I was also in the Caribbean. I was in the, in, um, St. Martin, which is actually half Dutch and half French. And, yeah. Martin so, yeah. And St. Bart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, I never thought that's of that. it. Yeah. We should be including that on the French episode. So there we go. <laughs> I always feel cheated because, you know, I've been to these places, but they can't go on my country list because they're France. Uh, so I feel cheated. But then now I can have a cool fun fact that I've been to multiple France. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Add it to your bucket list. <laughs> yeah, to, well, 2019 then was my last time in France because I was in New Caledonia with my husband. So, yeah. Oh, great. Awesome. I would love to get there, but it's so far away that it's not something that you plan for just one week. <laughs> and then you have like, from France the Maldives and the Seychelles, they speak French. And then, is it Maldives they speak? Docker. Chucker, <laughs> I've never been there. I, I wouldn't say so. Uh, Canada, well, Canada, they definitely do, but it's quite a different French. And it's a different French. Oh, but don't tell Canadian people they're French. They're not French. It's a fully different country. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they do speak French. It's a different French. It's a different French as well as um, a large part of Africa speak uh, French as well. Yes. Um, uh, but it's different French. It's usually like old colonies in that case they're really old colonies they're really not part of france anymore um but yeah they they still have the same uh, language same as uh, vietnam or yes. or uh, maybe not vietnam but maybe more um laos like i said where they would still have a few french words and french uh, uh things written there so but they're not france anymore why or overseas territory are france and the best gift that French uh, that France gave to Vietnam was the bread. <laughs> the bread, yeah, definitely, <laughs> is amazing. The they, the banh mi with the bread and it's yeah, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's that good. is a, a lovely <laughs> gift that they left behind. And uh, but it's funny. I was doing some work with World Vision, and yes, we have many African countries, and they're French, predominantly speaking. But we would we had a French um, colleague. And, mm -hmm. but we couldn't really get them to do the translation. I would do translations for videos because it wasn't uh, quite correct. So we had to try and find mm. someone from that country to be able to help with the translation because otherwise it would have been, because the, the machine was doing, or the YouTube or whatever do, would do the French. And the, but not the, the correct yeah, one, yeah. The African country would be like, mm, that's not really how we say it so it's um so yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite, quite complex you know you think you and I guess it's it's different but in some ways you can go okay it's like how we sometimes find it difficult to understand a Scottish or an Irish person yeah. or yes. Australian person people don't understand Australian people sometimes even though we're speaking English so I put that in yeah. inverted commas for the listeners at home <laughs> <We speak. laughs> 
uh, over here. So, <laughs> but you tell me what is the best, I this again, I guess you said this earlier, depending on where you want to go and what you want to do, but what would be the best time of year in your opinion to visit France? Well, most of my holidays are during summer. We have three weeks off in, in summer. So I say summer because that's when I've traveled the most in France. So you can enjoy the seashores or cooler weather in the, in the countryside or in the mountains. But honestly, um, spring probably or autumn uh, would be for me the best time to visit the usually crowded places during summer mm-hmm. with by enjoying a cooler weather. Uh, we do have something called in French, which is called the Indian summer. I don't know if that's an English word to say. Mm. It's like summer, but like not that hot, just a bit cooler, but still very nice. So probably would be the best place to visit and avoid having so many tourists around there. Uh, yeah, but of course I cannot, uh, I cannot miss Winter as well, if you want to go skiing, well, that's the best moment to go there. So, all four seasons, just come anytime. Yes, <laughs> France is like welcoming you any time of the year. <laughs> I love it. And then I guess this is um, doesn't have to be specific to France, but if you could give one travel tip, or for France, you're welcome, uh, what would that travel tip be? <laughs> well, for France, I think I've already said that it's just respect the culture and the etiquette. But in general, if you really want to fully enjoy traveling, I'd say just loosen up and leave a little. Um, Even if it's your first time somewhere, uh, don't worry. Uh, If you have a a adventurous spirit, then you'll have a good time. Uh, This is a moment to explore. This is a moment to have fun. So go ahead, do it. And uh, and it's not because you have kids now that you shouldn't do that. So, (laughs) So yeah. That's it. So loosen up. Don't uh, take your constraints uh, into in, with you. They, they will not be any more constraints afterwards. So yeah, that it's easy to say, not easy to do. But uh, yeah, just uh, just live it up. <laughs> I love it. And yes, I think like I mean, and that's really what people should do in France as well. It's embrace the culture and accept that yeah. you're in another country. And, um, you know, I say I think it's sometimes easier when the places are more foreign. You know, I always, that's my advice when you go to places like India or Vietnam or, um, you know, even Mexico. It's like surrender and understand that they live a different way. Um, but yeah. I guess the culture is Western. Sometimes you think it should be the same or it's, you know, similar because it looks on the surface, similar, similar. Yeah. but you know, there is a huge history and culture in France and there's a reason that things are the way they are. And, you know, if you're there to experience that, then, um, yeah, appreciate it and respect it and go with it and, uh, enjoy your cafe. Um, uh, it croissant. croissant. <laughs> take uh, your time. Yeah. yeah take your time when you're visiting time. a place. It's just like cafe. that's the nice thing about I think they that in um in France, yeah, everything was a bit slower and really appreciation of the moment. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. And uh you know, why not? You have this beautiful country, no wonder people are enjoying themselves. Go for it. 
Just go for it, exactly. <laughs> ah, well, I'm dying for this pandemic to be over so that I can come back. Um, fingers crossed next year. I'm hoping for a few months in Europe. So definitely oh, awesome. a visit with our families in France would be on the cards. So Oh, that would be that would be really fun to, to catch up after so many years, so like many physically years. catching up. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. So uh, merci beaucoup for being on the podcast. De rien. <laughs> You're welcome. We will chat uh, soon on Facebook and hopefully see each other in the real life. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck for, uh, for all of uh, your jobs, your new things coming up uh, with Finn as well. And uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, already looking forward to the next one. Uh, we also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, But in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at Lovely Travels on Instagram. Or you can come and check us out on Facebook, Lovely Travels. That's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Or we would love for you to join our Facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure. That's the Lovely Travels community. You can also visit our website, which is lovelytravels.com. Or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions, whatever. Info at lovelytravels.com. And you can listen, review, subscribe, like, share, and promote our podcast in any shape, way, or form. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, the internet, uh, Google Podcasts. Everywhere where you get podcasts, you will find us. All good podcasting locations. So tune in next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.